Hello, I'm Elish Quinn. This is Arctic Tourism and the Pandemic, a Radio Canada International podcast. Today on the podcast, we're turning our attention to the Canadian territory of Yukon. This is a really interesting jurisdiction when it comes to northern tourism. They released a 10-year tourism strategy in 2018, aiming to get them to $525 million in tourism revenue by 2028, roughly doubling it from 2016. And then, a year and a half later, the pandemic hits. In previous episodes, we've gone through some of the pandemic's impacts on businesses and municipalities. So today we're going to focus on the pandemic's impact on tourism from the policy perspective. And to do this, we're joined by Yukon's Tourism Minister, Jeannie McLean. Um, And we're going to talk about Yukon's Tourism Relief and Recovery Plan, the northern specific urgencies of keeping tourism infrastructure in the north in these unpredictable times. And we'll also get some insight into the challenges policymakers face planning for the essentially unplannable. And we'll also hear from Minister McLean on why, when the world starts traveling again, Yukon may have advantages over other destinations. And now, here's my conversation with Tourism Minister Jeannie McLean. Minister McLean, hello. Hello. So we have a lot to talk about in terms of tourism in the Yukon, how it's been affected, where we go from here. But let's take our listeners back for a moment to before the pandemic. What kinds of visitors came to the territory and what made it such an attractive travel destination? Well, yeah, there's a lot in that. Um, It's a magical and I think sacred place and uh, draws a lot of a lot of interest. Um, prior to the to COVID-19, we actually saw three record years for tourism, and we were on track for a fourth. Um, during that period of really doing well, we I came on as minister four years ago, and part of my mandate was to really enhance tourism and look at building out winter tourism and building out the, the year. And so I you know, we embarked on a really um, amazing journey with you, Connor, to develop a new tourism strategy. And so we planned while things were really good. Then the pandemic hits. Um, talk to us a little bit about um, the impacts it had on, on, on Yukon and the tourism industry in particular. Okay. Um, for Yukon, tourism is, is a very, very important part of our overall economy. It represents 5% of our gross domestic product. Um, That's only second to PEI in Canada. And um, prior to the pandemic, $360 million in revenue was attributable to tourism. And and it represented 3,500 to to 4,000 good paying jobs. And we actually have the highest rate in in Canada for jobs that are within the tourism industry. So when the pandemic hit, it forced, you know, border closures and we um, enacted a public health framework to guide us through the pandemic. And so it meant border closures. We had to put in 
a, a lot of restriction for travelers coming coming into Yukon, and it immediately impacted, of course, our anyone that's um, relied on on visitation. And again, really a great place for not just tourism, but meetings and conferences, and that whole area was building as well over the last several years. So. Um, so the restrictions, of course, caused uh, almost an immediate halt to to tourism. So we know, you know, worldwide that tourism was the first impacted by COVID nineteen and will be really the longest to to recover. And so it goes without saying how really vitally important this is to our business owners. That um, really, you know, it, it became for for many of our business owners that work in tourism, it was a lifestyle choice for them and a lifetime of of investment. And the impact was tremendous for them on on every level. They invested in telling Yukon's story, really. That's that's what they did, and they helped people come to this really special place in the Canadian North and and have an experience, have the, the experience that, that they need. So you know, we acted quick in Yukon. We um, were one of the first, if not the first, jurisdiction to put in a business relief program. So we established the Yukon business relief program and um, which was done in March and so that was really to help businesses with fixed costs so we and Canada came right behind us and worked alongside us and developed the Canadian Northern Business Relief Fund and so what it meant to business owners in all sectors was up to $200,000 in grants um, so approximately $30,000 in um, per month per business, um, that's what the eligibility was, and so that program remains now, and, and it's really been the lifeline for all sectors, but particularly the the tourism sector. And so, um, we uh, worked with all of our partners. We established the Yukon Tourism Advisory Board, which was really came out of the Yukon Tourism Development Strategy of 2018. Um, and we also established a business advisory council that helped us to um, look at all of and, and consider all of what businesses were going through. And uh, so we've developed in partnership with all of, of our partners that were really well established under the Yukon Tourism Development Strategy, uh, the uh, Yukon Tourism Relief and Recovery Plan that really um, comes out of the, uh, so many of the actions come out of the tourism uh, development strategy. And so a number of relief programs have been put in place specific to tourism businesses that have maxed out of those other two programs that I've already mentioned. So Tourism Accommodation Supplementary Fund, a Tourism Non-Economic non-accommodation supplementary fund, um, the not-for-profit supplementary. Um, we also established extra funds for the Tourism Cooperative Marketing Fund, and we established an Elevate program that helped businesses pivot and look at new ways of doing their business while we go through this time. Mm-hmm. 
When people talk about the importance of the relief, sort of seeing tourism businesses and people involved in the tourism industry in the north, um, really giving them the support they need. And I've heard a lot um, that I hadn't thought about before, but that very specialized in the north, whether it's outfitters or whatever the, the service or product may be, but that if those people leave, the knowledge goes with it. If businesses, if hotels become, I don't know, a residential center or something, that to rebuild a new hotel in the north is many times more expensive than the south. Is this sort of a thinking that goes on in Yukon as well? Absolutely. Yeah, we um, have really had worked hard to protect our tourism businesses. You know, when we when it came into the into COVID, we were working on developing more products, more services, more infrastructure in Yukon, and so it's it's vitally important that we protect our businesses that we currently have because we need more to come. I mean, one of our goals of the tourism development strategy is to double revenue attributable to tourism over the next 10 years. And, and we haven't adjusted that goal. We still are focused on it. And um, we're going to get to the the strategy that was um, unveiled in December, but I just wanted to go back um, still to to 2020 and that summer. Um, We heard that in a lot of northern jurisdictions in Canada, as well as uh, places like Alaska and Greenland, um, that this idea of domestic tourism and trying to to build that up to get through the summer of, of 2020 was something that a lot of people looked at. You know, depending on where you talk, it's been successful to various degrees. Was this some Something that you looked at in Yukon, did it work, did it not, uh, why or why not? Yeah, it's, um, it, well, we, again, I mean, prior to, the normal type of visitation we have in Yukon is 500,000 visitors. So for a, a territory that's big, like we have a lot of land base, but we only have 40, just over 40,000 people. I'm trying to do staycations and and um, the Yukoners have done everything they can to support our businesses and buy local, but that loss of 500,000 visitors was, uh, you know, it, it's not something that you can replace by local buy or local experience. So we did open at one point and, uh, you know, we've done, we've had really good management of COVID-19 in, in Yukon. And I think that's something to really emphasize that we, we've managed well through the pandemic with all of our partners and, and but it's come at a, a great cost to, to tourism businesses. So we did at one point while we were going through the management of this, we had a recommendation from our chief medical officer to consider opening a BC bubble and a bubble with Northwest Territories and Nunavut. And so we did that in um, sort of mid-summer and that ended in November, I believe, when the epidemiology in BC changed drastically we had to adjust and and we're now have a closed border again in terms of folks having to self-isolate for 14 days. How how what is it like for policymakers in this period? Um, because we you released the the tourism relief and recovery plan in December, um, and we'll get into the details of that. But it, it's for policymakers, even um, you know, putting programs in place and seeing how you direct your jurisdiction is is challenging, even in the best of times. But 
you know, as a government, how do you plan for the unplannable? Nobody knows what's going to happen. You mentioned the variants. You know, how does this change how policymakers approach their, their work in comparison to before? Yeah, no, it's it's certainly been challenging. And one of the things we committed to right from the onset was to follow the science, follow the evidence. And so we've worked closely, very closely all the way through with our chief medical officer. And um, we developed what's called a path forward. That's our plan, UConn's plan for lifting COVID-19 restrictions. And so, you know, it's that's how we've worked as a government. We had a really strong team of MLAs and, and ministers that are are in these roles that have really worked closely with all of our partners in Yukon. So Yukon First Nations, we have um, a majority of our First Nations are self-governing in the Yukon. And so we worked government to government. We also worked closely with our municipal government. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been challenging. Not one of us thought for one minute that when we, when we put our name on those ballots that we would be governing through a pandemic midway through. And that is, in fact, what we've done. Um, for me, personally, as an Indigenous person, I... You know, my people are from, I'm born and raised, you uh, born and raised Yukoner, but my people are from Telegraph Creek, um, BC, and they're Teltan Nation. And during the last world pandemic, my people were almost completely wiped out. And so, you know, to be in a governing role at this time in our history, uh, the responsibility has been immense. And thinking about those seven generations to come behind us and what that looks like. So every single decision has been taken with a lot of thought and care and, and consideration. And we know that, you know, folks are impacted in different ways. And a lot of our lifestyle in Yukon, because we've managed well, people are still have a lot of freedoms here where, you know, we still have concerts, we still have our arts community and performing arts and whatnot. So we're able to enjoy life in somewhat of a normal way, but we do have that really restrict restrictions that are at our border. And so, you know, working through um, to build a recovery plan, relief and recovery plan for tourism, again, we had that foundational document to work from that was very much value-based from Yukoners and huge input into how we developed that when we went into the relief and recovery and you, we needed and we started consideration early in the pandemic about what this would look like we worked with our tourism Yukon tourism advisory board and the business advisory council and the tourism industry association of Yukon so we really reached out we did surveys with all of our our businesses we made sure that we did all the consultation that we needed to and, and continue to have those ongoing conversations. And so we um, landed on a, on a plan that we checked back and made sure, and, and it's a flexible plan. So that's the, that was because there are so many unknowns, we built it in a way that's flexible. So this plan is a three-year recovery, releasing recovery and focuses around providing tourism sector leadership, rebuilding confidence and uh, capabilities for tourism, supporting the recovery of tourism industry operators and refining the brand and inspiring travelers to visit. And so, um, and it has 19 action um, plan, action items within it that we'll continue to work on with our our partners and 
will adjust. And there, there, there's so much in, in the plan, but there was just a couple of things I thought might be interesting for us to, to discuss in a bit more detail. Um, and that was not just, I, I mean, a lot of people are focusing on how they're going to attract uh, travelers once things get back to normal or, or a kind of normal. But it's interesting in Yukon, there's also a real focus on making sure that locals are ready to have tourists back again. Mm-hmm. C- could you talk a little bit about um, the importance of that and sort of how you see that unfolding? Yeah, I, citizen satisfaction is so important. In fact, it was one of our um, key goals in, and, and something that we wanted to monitor with the tourism um, development strategy. So resident support for tourism was actually one of our main theme areas within um, our tourism development strategy. And we did a survey just to do a baseline just before the pandemic and we had a 94% um, satisfactory rate and so our goal was to maintain Yukoners satisfaction at about 80% positive attitude about tourism because that's really part of the whole movement around sustainable tourism and, and not moving into a way of over tourism that places that other places in the world have seen. So we wanted to be really cautious and conscientious about that. And and so COVID-19 has changed the view on, you know, how people feel about tourism happening in their backyard right now, um, because it's really about safety. So we've continued to have those ongoing discussions with Yukon First Nations, with municipalities, and respecting what each community wants. So this is going to be an incredibly important aspect of um, our recovery to make sure that Yukoners are going to be ready to accept visitors when it's safe to have them again. And what do you think, if, if we look ahead to when the, the pandemic is under control or, or the world, the, the population is vaccinated, what do you think, you know, um, Yukon can offer a post-pandemic world once international travel begins again? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I love I love Yukon and I love it even more in terms of how we've managed to, you know, been kind to each other and worked together to manage this in our land here is vast it's open um, the air is clean the water is pure i think post pandemic i believe that we have a lot of healing to do in in our world and in our country in our world and the yukon has that it has a way of of filling up those places inside of you that are are may be hurt or may, you know, be lacking of something. And and so I think that, yeah, we have a lot to offer. We have all that, what I just talked about, but we also have a lot of great fun things and just uniquely Yukon things that that happen. Um, You know, we have great winter festivals. We have great um, we're moving towards part of the strategy was to move towards a more color, like a culinary aspect of um, tourism and visitor experience in Yukon. So using more of our traditional foods and plants, and so that whole area is developing now as well. And the entertainment scene and the arts, the culture, the 
Um, yeah, and so one of the goals as well in our tourism development strategy is to develop Yukon into a premier, the premier Indigenous tourism destination, and we're going to stay on track for that. So lots to offer, um, and we're working hard to protect what we have and so that we can build on that when when tourism is possible again. Minister McLean, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you so much. This has been Arctic Tourism and the Pandemic, a Radio Canada International podcast.